Viharas this morning. And uh, his third of these flavors of kindness. And uh, so you're getting a little taste. This is a crash course. Normally we might not uh, bring them uh, the next one in so soon. Uh, but that's, that's what we have. That's the timing we have here. These are the words of the Buddha. Here, O monks, a disciple lets his mind pervade one quarter of the world with thoughts of unselfish joy. And so the second, and so the third, and so the fourth. And thus the whole wide world, above, below, around, everywhere, and equally, she continues to pervade with a heart of unselfish joy, abundant, grown great, measureless, without hostility or ill will. That's a very kind of classic description that's used for all of these, all four of these Brahma Viharas. This idea of pervading, abiding, and pervading the world with qualities of care, of kindness, of love, of compassion. In this case, unselfish joy. This third Brahma Vihara Mudita is the Pali word, which uh, is usually translated literally, more literally, as gladness, kind of gladness of heart. And it's actually a very beautiful, often rather rare quality of mind, of heart in the world that is. Um, it's turning this same quality of connection, of kindness, of well-wishing, of metta, turned towards the good fortune of another, the happiness, the success, something that's going well in another person's life. So we have metta turned towards suffering with compassion. With mudita, it's turned towards that which is going good for someone else, that which is um, a source of happiness, success in their lives. And it can be rare in the world to actually feel this for another. And we all know from our own experience how great it is when someone expresses delight in, in our own good fortune, when something goes well for us and someone says, oh, I, I'm so glad for you. And that's such a, a beautiful feeling. We have such gratitude when someone uh, expresses this for us. And when we are able to, to delight in the happiness, the good fortune of another, then we're touching into this quality of mudita, this divine abiding of uh, what's often called, in the, in the uh, quotation I read, it was called unselfish joy. Often it's translated as sympathetic, or I prefer actually empathetic joy. So it's a joy that empathizes with the, uh, what's going well, what's the good fortune of someone else. And rather than being envious of that or jealous of that, delights in it. And pure, oh, it's so great. So happy for you. Because we can get caught in this uh, kind of, um, a kind of negativity uh, of jealousy or envy towards the good fortune of others, or even towards our own good fortune, where we can tend to demean or belittle or, or 
uh, turn a, a, an energy of not being worthy, not deserving goodness in our lives. And uh, this quality of empathetic joy then is a direct counter to these kinds of painful mind states. You know, it's so often the case that we feel that if, if another is good fortune in another means somehow less for us, as though there were only a, a certain amount of it to go around. And uh, we can see this operating at times so powerfully in our lives. <clears throat> but this quality of mudita is a, uh, it's such a beautiful um, letting go of, of those kinds of uh, comparings and judgings that come. And we let go of our attachments to our view in terms of uh, what, what we believe should be a source of delight or happiness. You know, others may find happiness in ways that don't necessarily accord with our views. And of course, we need wise discernment because sometimes people may uh, delight in things that are actually uh, not helpful or even destructive for them. So we have to um, bring some uh, discernment in when someone is uh, delighting in something that's causing, actually causing harm. We need to be careful with that. But we don't demand that it be something, someone may find happiness, joy in a way that, that isn't really, doesn't quite meet our ideas about it, but we, we let go of that. It's not about what we want, it's about what someone else finds. A source of, as a source of joy, goodness in their life. And so it's a function to the various manifestations of uh, the comparing mind. So often we find ourselves constantly comparing ourselves to, to another, you know, in terms of we're either better than, the same as, or, or not as good as, worse than, less than, very common these kinds of conceits of comparing, where we're always sizing others up in terms of, of how, we, how we measure up against them. And there's no end to the ways we can find to compare ourselves. Maybe some of you have noticed this at times, comparing yourself with others here. Oh, they're going slower. I'm not slow enough. Or, they're going too fast. Or, uh, I'm, I'm such a good yogi, or I'm such a horrible yogi, or whatever, all these different comparings we can do in relation to others. This quality of empathetic joy is based on a kind of a, a real confidence, I think, that we, that we and others deserve to be happy, especially a confidence that we are worthy of happiness. And so then we can turn this towards the happiness of others. From this place of confidence that we deserve happiness, we can delight in the happiness of others. And we're not threatened by it. So we are relieved of the need to be competitive with others. And there's this quality of giving, of connection in that. I found this technical definition in uh, one of the texts that I... It has kind of funny language, but there's some interesting stuff there, so I'll read it. It said that gladness, this quality of uh, empathetic joy, is characterized as a joy produced 
by the success of others. Its function resides in being non-envious, non-jealous, and it's manifested as the elimination of aversion or, and especially boredom. Its proximate cause is seeing the success and happiness of others, and it succeeds when it causes boredom and aversion to subside, and it fails when it produces an excess of merriment or giddiness. <laughs> an excess of merriment, <laughs> like that. So this touches into the, the near and far enemies or near and far neighbors. And this near enemy is this kind of um, over-excitement or over-exuberance, a kind of, here it says, giddiness, this ex- excess of merriment which is, is a kind of unbalanced state that's a little too high and is actually, be, is actually a very self-absorbed kind of thing. So we, we think we're delighting in another, but it's actually about us and how happy we are. It's, it becomes a very self-absorbed state. Oh, I'm so glad, but the gladness is all about me and how good I feel and not about your good fortune. So it can, it can become too much in that way. It goes into this more deluded kind of self-absorbed state of happiness. And then, of course, the far enemy, which I've already spoken about, of jealousy or envy that would begrudge another as though if they have it, then that means we don't get any. We have less somehow. So Mudita delights in, in another's happiness, seeing that um, another's good fortune does not in any way diminish our own potential for happiness to experience success and goodness. I think it's interesting that, it, that in this description it says that it eliminates boredom. We might say, well, I don't quite see how that, what has that got to do with this? But it points, I think, to the, the deep kind of quality of connection a kind of um, joyful interest, a really intimate, deep connection that comes when we have this quality there. We're really connected with, through the empathy with another's uh, good fortune. And this quality of boredom, maybe you've anyone been bored here at some point? Yeah. What, what is boredom? It's an interesting thing to look at when, when boredom is the present. Because we tend to think that interest or boredom are in, it's a, it's in, the, in the experience, in the things <laughs> that we encounter. Oh, it's a boring thing or it's an interesting thing. But actually it's a quality of mind that's in the relationship. And we may notice this at times when something that is inherently not that interesting, like just our breath, for example, or the movements of our feet in walking, if we're really there, if we really connect, if we're really intimate with any experience, it can be utterly fascinating and interesting. So those qualities of interest and boredom are, in, are things that happen in our mind in relationship to experience. This is really something to look at. Boredom arises out of disconnection, out of not actually being uh, close, out of non-intimacy with our life, with any aspect of our life. And so the dispelling of that by this quality of joy is through this deep intimacy and connection, this deep kind of um, empathy, where we really feel that uh, 
connection with another's happiness. So there are certain kinds of qualities that are really um, supportive of the arising of this kind of joy, um, this gladness of mudita. And one of the main ones is gratitude, being grateful for things in our lives, which is something we don't often uh, perhaps do, uh, bring to mind things that we're grateful for. Last night, I don't know why, maybe I was thinking about what I might offer with Mudita, but I was just, uh, I suddenly was thinking of things I was grateful for last night. I was grateful for the stars and for this giant, that there are snapping turtles in the world because I'd seen a giant snapping turtle. And I'm grateful for prairie dogs because they're a kind of animal that just brings delight to my mind. And um, I was grateful that I was able to walk through the woods in the darkness and feel that coolness. So, you know, it doesn't have to be a big deal, right? These are not, anyone have anything that they're grateful for in their lives? What are you grateful? Give us, let's hear a few things you're grateful for. Yeah. Of course, if you have allergies, you might not be grateful for them. <laughs> so here's the thing. You can delight. I might be sneezing, but I can still delight in, I can uh, have mudita for your delight in the... <laughs> so, <laughs> luckily, I'm not, but I have sometimes I do. <laughs> Anyone else? Something that you feel grateful for in your life? Yeah, and that's a really, uh, someone else does, okay, yeah. Yeah, anyone who's grateful for her children's nonsense, she said, and how much it brings joy and laughter in her life and missing that. The, uh, uh, the Buddha listed uh, things that are in one of the suttas uh, called the Mangala Sutta. Mangala, the word Mangala means blessings. There's this teaching, and he listed all these uh, kinds of blessings that can come in one's life if we have, if the conditions there, if we create the conditions. He said, living a just and peaceful life is a great blessing, and a good home life, and work and a livelihood and a kind of work that we both enjoy and, and are good at, and uh, good friends. I mean, that's oh, such gratitude that there would be friendship that we would have a friend. What a beautiful thing to have a friend. A ability to, to spend time on retreat like this. You know, we can take this for granted, but it's not rare that the circumstances come together in the world, in our lives, that we can spend time this way. May you all be able to do this as many more times as you want to, but we don't know whether the conditions will come together that we could do a retreat again. Says one of the greatest blessings is to be able to associate with those who are wise, those who have deep understanding, and to be able to associate with them. This is a great blessing. Hmm. 
So traditionally, I think we need to move to actually trying to do a bit of this. So we'll have a guided meditation now.